Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, The Love of God, and this is part four of that series, which is the part four is focused on the compelling power of the love of God. And this is lesson number nine of that series, of that part of the series. And the title of this is, We Are Entrusted with Both the Ministry and the Word of Reconciliation. Now, I'm reading to you, beginning with verse uh, 14 down through uh, verse 20 uh, of 2 Corinthians 5. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto us, and hath committed unto us the word of Reconciliation. Now I'm reading the Amplified. Uh, I'm reading verses 18 and 19 in the Amplified. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, that just, that is, that just, that just cranks my motor right there. I'm telling you. Second uh, Corinthians five eighteen through nineteen from Weiss Expanded Translation, but the aforementioned, but the aforementioned, all things are from God as a source. The one who reconciled us to Himself through the intermediate agency of Christ and gave to us the ministry of those uh, of whose work is that of proclaiming the message of this reconciliation, namely. That absolute deity in Christ was reconciling the world of sinners to himself, not putting down on the liability side of the ledger of their trespasses, and lodging in us, lodged in us the story of reconciliation. Now, <laughs> this, this lesson and the next couple of lessons are just, there are, uh, They, they are incomprehensible naturally. They are so beyond, so far beyond the ability of intellect to conceive of and comprehend that without the Spirit of God putting it in us and explaining to us that we can't receive it. We can't comprehend it. 
We read the words, but we don't really know what he's saying to us because it's so, it's, it's big. <laughs> it's huge. Those words are so frail. I'm just trying to make the point. They're, they're, they're limited. They're so limited in scope compared to this. So, here we are. We started out this part teaching that we have this ministry. And the ministry, to, to fulfill this ministry, we cannot use any human devices and artifices and, and human personality. Because the focus of this ministry is the Lord Jesus Christ. And our challenge is to see the lost who are blinded, delivered from that blindness so they can see Jesus for themselves. And then he pointed out to us that we have that treasure, the treasure of the knowledge of who Jesus is, the treasure of having been set free from our own blindness, the treasure of understanding that humanity, that uh, uh, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. That he emphasizes in the fact that we are, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. So that we will always be aware that the excellency of the power is always of God and never of us. And then we talked about all the things the Lord does to keep us reminded that it's that we're just an earthen vessel and that all the power and the ability and everything that's done is Him if we are dead to self. And then, and then we, we, we talked about the process of, of, of Christ dying so we can live, so that we can then die to self through Christ so that others can live. And that God has designed for us a, a, a place of glory in Him that is so far so great that whatever we go through in this life is just a light affliction and it's just very momentary from an eternal perspective because our focus is on what can't be seen, the eternal, not on what can be seen, the temporal. And then we talked about the confidence that no matter what happens to us naturally, we've got this new house waiting on us in heaven. And then we get into the three phases that God uses to take a newborn saint into a mature child of God. By getting involved with the things of God to save myself, and then getting involved with the lost to save the lost, and then finding out that my best efforts are not good enough to save them, so that I come to the end of myself and give this life that He gave me back to Him, so that he can now abide in me, both spirit and word abiding, and he can live through me. And in doing that, he makes me a new creature. And when that happens, he can trust me with this. Verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God. All these new things. Paul said it. We have been, uh, in Ephesians, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And we have been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Both of those are past tense. 
And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, I have not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. But <laughs> those things that he's prepared for us is not a better house and not a better car and not better clothes, not a better wife or husband. <laughs> what even not even perfect health. What God has prepared for those that love him is that opportunity and place of fellowship with him where he lives in us and his faith is what is ministered through us. I am, I am crucified with Christ, Paul said. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Greek word, some translations say, by faith in the Son of God. Not by faith, by the faith of the Son of God. But that word, prep, Greek preposition for in, is not in the Greek manuscripts. Even the, even the modern ones. The preposition of is critical. Because the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Of the Son of God is a prepositional phrase of possession. I can either say God's faith, or the Son of God's faith, or I can say the faith of the Son of God. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by His faith. No longer my faith. His faith. Because I'm dead to me. And I get to die to my faith, no matter how... Great my faith is, it is minute compared to his faith. So I not only have get to have Christ living in me, in me and uh, the word of God living in me and abiding in me is the final authority of my life. And the spirit of God being in me to lead me and guide me, to give me peace and to give me faith. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the rhema of God. That's the spirit of God taking logos and quickening it to become faith in me. I get all that. But now I get to be his conduit for him to minister through me. I get to minister. I get to have his faith minister through me. How do I know that? Verse 18, that all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, if uh, a husband and wife are divorced or even estranged, separated, and they're going to reconcile, that's what it's called, reconciliation. They agree to be married again. And at the moment they agree to be married again, all the past problems are gone. All of the hurts from the past are gone. They have a brand new marriage at that moment. Right? No. We know that's not true. They have reconciled. They're back together again in their marriage and in their relationship. But whatever that caused the separation still has to be worked through. Now, 
Reconciliation is not complete just because we are restored to relationship with God. And I say restored meaning mankind, me as a part of mankind, restored to relationship with God. But the things that separated me from God, I still have the vestiges of, of them in me. It's like Lazarus being raised from the dead. He was, he was alive, but there was a slight problem. He was still wrapped in the grave clothes because the Israelites, the Jews, wrapped up the bodies similar to what they saw them do in Egypt, except they didn't embalm people. And so they just wrapped them in linen. They wrapped them head to toe. Well, here's Lazarus. I don't know how he got up wrapped up like that, but resurrection not only brought him back from the dead, got him up off the slab, stood him up on his feet. And there he stands in front of everybody, wrapped from head to toe in these, this linen, these grave clothes. And Jesus turned to the disciples and he said to them, you loose him and let him go. So Jesus brought him back from the dead, but it was the ministry of the body to get all the vestiges of the death off of him and out of his life. Again, I quote in the last lesson, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, Christ was manifested to destroy, King James says, destroy the works of the devil. And that word destroy there in the Greek is luo, which means to loose or unbind, to permit to go free. So, we all, even after we're saved from our past, we have to be loosed from those vestiges, those remnants that are left over in our lives from our past. Old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. That's a process. That's a process that we get to in this third stage. We live for God to save ourselves. Then we live for God to save others. And then we stop living for God at all. And we die and we're crucified with Christ. And now Christ is living through us. That's the progress process here. So the process of reconciliation, we have to experience it. Reconciliation is not just beginning, agreeing to have a relationship with God, being born again. But all the vestiges of the things that had separated me from God before I was saved, they, the, the, the Lord has got to work and work those things out of my life through the ministry of the word, through the ministry of, the, of prayer, through the ministry of the spirit, uh, through my own new failures as I'm trying to live for God and work for God. And then, then as that begins to happen now, uh, now I, 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 it's no longer about me. I'm not praying for me. I'm not praying for my benefit. I'm praying for others. I realize that no matter what natural thing God would answer my prayer to give me, it, it, it pales in the importance of praying for souls to be saved who are going to spend eternity in hell if something doesn't happen. But in that process, it's not the vestiges of my past that I am freed from. It is self and my will and my trust in my own abilities and personalities and intellect that I now am dying to. So in this new place, 
I am now living a truly reconciled, fully reconciled life, where in that life, it's just as if my past never happened. That's what justification is. In the process of justification, which is not completed at salvation, it only is really, in my life, begun at salvation. So in reconcil- when I am fully reconciled in Christ, not only is the vestiges of my past, am I dead to those things, but I'm also dead to myself, to my will, to my way, all of that. I am now in Christ, and Christ is in me by his spirit and his word, and he is now living his life through me. And in this situation, he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's the order of all of this in 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. I can't just take this verse out of context and say, God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, if he has, it's not working all that good in most places, in most people. Why? Because the process isn't, isn't brought to its change point. I die so that I can live. That's what repentance and water baptism is. I die to my old past and repentance. My old man is buried in water baptism. And then I'm resurrected to walk in this new life through the Holy Ghost. But then I've got to I die again. I have to die to me. I have to die to my will. I have to die to my way. I have to die to my goals. I have to die to everything and let Christ himself now be the one living through me. And in that situation, I'm going to have, the, and you're going to have, the ministry of reconciliation entrusted to you and I. And we're, it's going to be powerfully effective. And he said, to it, take note of this, that God was in Christ. They didn't mean past tense, God was only in Christ then. But God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. How did he do that? Not imputing their trespasses unto them. How did he do that? Well, because I couldn't reconcile myself to God, he had to do everything necessary to make it possible for me to be reconciled to him. I couldn't in any way make up for my past sins. There was no way for me to fix that. There was no way for me to do that. It was impossible. Wasn't possible. He did it all. He did everything to provide for that. That's why all I have to do now is tell him I'm sorry. Submit to being dunked under the water. Receiving this strange but most amazing experience with God? None of that's hard, except for pride. Every one of those attacks the pride, doesn't it? Every one of them. Admitting I'm wrong and asking for forgiveness, boy, that attacks the pride. Being dunked under water because God said to do it. That really deals with the pride. And then, no matter what my educational background and intellect may be, 
I'm going to get the Holy Ghost just like a five-year-old child would. He's going to come into me and speak in these brand new languages. And Acts 2.38 says, or excuse me, Acts 2.4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the Greek word there for utterance doesn't mean unintelligible language. It is perfectly enunciated and spoken words. So whatever the Spirit is speaking through me, no matter what it sounds like to my human ear, it he speaks through me in perfectly enunciated and grammatically correct language of whatever language it is he's speaking through me. I don't know it. I don't know it. But he does. And so here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So we are born again. And he brings us into this. And now we have to we have to let him work us through and work through these ups and downs of this first stage of our walk with God where we grow up from being an infant to uh, to where we begin to be adult enough to see the fact that we are debtors and that whatever we've got, it was, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Paul said, what do you have that wasn't given unto you? And if you it was if it was given to you, why are you boasting about it? How do you take the credit enough to boast that you've got it as if you're the one that deserved it and was rewarded with it? But in that transition where it stops being about us, it becomes about others. And now, now, we are selfless because we're giving ourselves to the salvation of others because we don't want to see them go to hell. And that's good. But the problem is this. It's never going to work like you are trying to make it work. Never. It's You're never going to be as effective with it as you think you ought to be. Well, there'll be some results. Because this is the will of God for you and I to go through this phase. It's the will of God. There'll be some results. But there'll be far more frustrated and there will be satisfaction. And, and, the, and, and the harder we try, the more the more struggle it's going to be until we finally give up because he brings us to the end of ourselves. And we realize that if the lost truly are going to be saved, not go to, go to hell, it's not going to happen through my ability to do that. The Lord said to me one day, I was just, I was driving myself and everybody else crazy doing everything I knew to do to reach the lost. I am just I'm just, I'm just, I am out there, just push, 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 push. I was driving myself and I was driving everybody else. And the Lord just said to me one day, show me one verse in all of the Gospels where even one time I acted like I was trying to reach the whole world at one time. Just one. Was I trying to reach the whole world standing at a curb of a well in Sychar in Samaria to talk to a woman that was the outcast of the city? Was I trying to reach the world by going to Zacchaeus' house? The whole world? No. No. Was I trying to reach the whole world resting at Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house? 
No. He said, my focus as a man on earth was only to seek the will of the Father and do the will of the Father each moment of the day. Because in the limitation of that flesh, that was the weakness of God. That's as weak as God ever was, as limited as God has ever been or ever will be. Those 33 years when the body of the man Christ Jesus was on the earth and God was in Christ. He said, that's all my flesh could do. I could not reach the world from that flesh. But what I did through that body was I paid the price of the sins so that now by my spirit, by my word, through my entire body, the church, I can now reach the world when they let me do it themselves, myself, rather than them doing it for me. So I live for God in the first phase. I work for God in the second phase. In the third phase of this, the third dimension of this, God is living and working through me. God is in Christ. If Christ is in me and God is in Christ, then I've got God in me. So the spirit of Christ is the spirit of God. And the word of Christ is the word of God. And uh, you can't separate those into two different things. So it's all the same thing. Just different labels for the same thing. And all of that's in me now. And as God was in Christ, God is now in his church. And he could not use the body of Christ to do eternal things until after that body was dead. And he cannot use the church of the living God to do his will until we are crucified with Christ. After our crucifixion with Christ, he is going to do great and mighty things through the church before the rapture. And so therefore he said, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, but and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And the Greek word there is not rhema. It's logos. That's the message. That is the, he created the world by logos. Well, logos, when spoken by the spirit, is rhema. So he has put the logos of reconciliation. We have experienced the uh, reconciliation and been brought to the place that we're now new creatures in Christ Jesus because we're dead to self. Christ is now living through us. We now have abundant life. In that situation, he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That was his ministry. When he was on the earth, he provided for that reconciliation and then he reconciled us to himself and now he's expecting us to give ourselves to him so that he can work that ministry of reconciliation through us. And here it is. We started with this in the beginning of chapter 4 in the first lesson or two of this, of this part 4 
of this series, The Love of God. And uh, here we are. And now that we are reconciled to him, he has imputed to us or committed to us, given to us the ministry of reconciliation, which was his ministry. So if Christ is in me, I'm dead to self, Christ is in me, and the word is in me, the Logos is in me, which is the word of reconciliation, now abiding in me. Because I'm yielded to him, by his spirit, he will take the Logos in me, and he will speak it as Rhema, and it will accomplish great reconciliation throughout the earth. And then he, he points it out again, to wit, or take note of this. So he's emphasizing all over again that God was in Christ. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. And he didn't impute their trespasses unto them because he provided the means to pay the debt, the debt so that they were no longer indebted to sin through the life and the blood and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, the responsibility of being the conduit for reconciliation of the lost and of backsliders and for the process of reconciliation to go from being reconciled to being fully reconciled in Christ for the saints of God. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. If you are reconciled to Christ, that ministry is in you, and that word is in you. The question is, are you still living for God, or are you now working for God, or now have you reached the place that God, the reconciler, is abiding in you and ministering reconciliation through you by quickening his word? It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So I received life, but now in the crucified state, I have abundant life, and now I can be a conduit for the Lord Jesus Christ to minister that life, that abundant life, to others as their starting point life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, all of this fits together, as I've said several times. The Word of God is a homogeneous whole. We may look at parts of it. We may identify parts of it. We may examine one part and, 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 and study that part of it and what that part means and whatever. But I don't fully understand the word of God and the message of God to me nor the message of God through me until I look at these principles as a homogeneous whole, their place in the whole and how they relate to all the other parts of the word until that that revelation of the how the parts fit together and work together till i have that i don't fully have a revelation on any particular subject especially what we're doing here and what god wants to be doing through us while we are still here in the name of the lord jesus christ 
I pray that the spirit of revelation and the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of understanding and the spirit of would come upon you and I that we would receive this wisdom and revelation and knowledge and understanding so that we can, by the grace of God, yield ourselves to the grace of God to become fully all that God intends and desires for us to be and do in him, in him. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive from the Lord. Amen.